I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I need to see a dentist. I can't go on course like this. Hello, Kate, and we're back. We're back. Part deux. Part deux. We had an incredible interview with Kim Kleisters. It was so long on the roof of the All England Lawn Tennis Center, Media Center, that we decided to chop the episode in two. I mean, we have so much to talk about with her, and she had so much to tell us, and we just couldn't get enough, and we thought you guys could not have possibly had enough. She talks about everything, from her speech at the Australian Open to being the reason why she was called Aussie Kim. Dressing a fan in a skirt. Oh, that's right. Guess what? Which I was a part of. You were on the court. I'd had a Pims on the court, that's why. Spoiler alert, we might or might not have made a pact to get matching tattoos. I'm doing it. I'll do it. She's doing it. We're doing it. it. Here's part two. If you haven't heard part one, go back, listen to that first, then come back. Thank you for listening. Here's Kim Kleister's part two. What was it like living in the States for you? Did you like it? I mean, I I haven't officially lived in the States yet. You haven't. No, you I've just trained. You were using. I as trained, and I would. You know, we have a home in New Jersey, and and yeah. obviously my husband's. My husband is American, and we we, it's his family's all there. Yeah. Um, they try to come and visit us, um, when they can. His brothers were just over, and uh, and his parents. You know, his mom helps a lot. Like when I've had, you know, either yeah. Jade or Blake, like she's come over and stayed for a month, sometimes two months, to to help out, and, um, so I've gotten a lot of help yeah. from her but yeah for my husband still because he has his you know his basketball so he doesn't get to go like home let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. Totally. for about 10 months out of the year and then um, so usually in the summer break we try to spend you know I mean if I remember time. I would rather be in Belgium I think probably I mean, we like being in Belgium we we feel like after this st- you know when we come home or when we're about to leave or when we've been in America for four or five weeks and we're ready to go home again back yeah. to Belgium because I think we have our a routine life yeah. you know, when we go to the states now Jada thinks she, Jada wants to live in America because she thinks it's always sunny because we're always there in the summer sure. she has no school <laughs> she gets to like spend time with all her cousins and, and her stay up late yep stay up food. late yep. sure. and she does you know she does surf camp she goes to like parties and, and we have a lot of people and friends come right. over from Brian from college back when he was you know playing basketball and they come visit us so there's always something to do and we're in Belgium you know everything is a little bit more strict and mm-hmm. organized and, yeah. and, uh, and school she has school so um, it will be an adjustment if we ever decide to move would you? would you stay? would you move? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I, mean, I don't give it feel. A while. It's not. It's not yeah, no, right I now. know, I know. Yeah. But I do feel like because we have that European base yeah. of of or our European lifestyle that I think it. W- I would always keep that, 
even if I would live in America. Yeah. I, I think America, living in America, I think is very convenient. Um, politics in America aren't uh, in Belgium aren't great either. There's yeah. in every country there's something or somebody that you're, right. you know, maybe disgusted by. Sure. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, you guys had French and Flemish. Yeah. Tensions yeah. Yeah. Of course. You know, there's forever. always something, yeah, you know, yeah. that's not how it should be. But right. Um, but we try to yeah do what how we think it works for us. That's and, great. And that would be the same wherever we live. Yeah. I, of course. I, I've always said I, w I would love to live in Australia. Um, well, it, they've adopted you, probably. Yeah, yeah so but, but even before that, I enjoyed... No, never, never. I'm sure they would, if you ask. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you think? I don't know, maybe. We'll get Renee to work on yeah. that. But New Jersey is a very different place. I like it. I mean, there were Belgian tennis players, uh, American tennis players, like Marty Fish, and <laughs> like they were like... Oh, so where is your husband from? Or they remember him from when he was playing college yeah. basketball. And... and um, and like, yeah, New Jersey, they're like, oh, man, like, they felt, like, sorry for me. I was like, oh, like, you know, where am I going to end up here? Yeah, and, totally. and um, Well, where, where, where is it? It's in Belmar. Um, it's, at, it's on it's the beach. On yeah. the beach. Like, yeah. we literally live, like, 100 meters from the beach. That's I don't super know. nice. Yeah, close by. So, um, easy nice. lifestyle. That sounds actually pretty good. It's very relaxed. and totally. And we still get to go to the city. And, yeah. and when we feel like doing something... You know, more yeah, lively. It's, it's not like you live in Newark. No, 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 not, not at exactly. all. It's the first, let's say, 40 minutes out of the airport are horrible. And then, and then all of a sudden there's like this green patch. Yeah. And then you're, it's yeah. a different world. Yes. I heard my thumb. I was playing basketball with our daughter. Oh, you play basketball? I try. Yeah. <laughs> I try. Um, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I've always liked to do different things even as workouts or when I was you know training for tennis I always wanted a lot of variety in my workouts yeah uh, canoeing whatever we, we found uh, you know I, I wasn't I didn't enjoy like running for an hour and yeah. I always tried to put you know variety yeah. in it and and even now like we tried to work out like we put in a little basketball in the backyard and and my husband and I like at night when the kids are asleep we'll like one-on-one -on shoot yeah one-on-one -on -one or like he he rebounds and I have to try and make 50 shots like stuff like That's that cool. like, yeah, yeah like little things like to just kind of get a little sweat in I guess and no I totally I also think there's nothing there's nothing like playing a new sport and learning it yeah to show you a little bit about who you are because I I sit on the sideline a lot like in basketball I go to his games I actually enjoy like like driving up with him and watching a practice and and kind of seeing I enjoy like seeing the the mental side of different sports and and seeing how professional the guys are or you know like things like that I really enjoy it and and um and not to tell him or just more for myself to see the differences mm -hmm. and everything and yeah totally um yeah so but then I want to try it and and I want to I don't know see you know how far is that three-point line I bet <laughs> like, pretty good yeah I'm okay I mean it's not nothing it doesn't come natural but yeah but if you I'm okay if you spend, I mean is soccer the same or football the same Football, um, I feel more comfortable. Well, of course, because I and also up, the football, yeah, yeah. the footwork. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel more comfortable because I've played. My dad, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I love, I you love football. It. Yep. Yeah, it's my, my passion is in football. It is. Yeah, yeah. I rent this little apartment here. Yeah. Um, so we, I had some people like some Belgians. We had actually had a couple of Belgians that were still playing, and and um. And so we got some little snacks and and so a few people. There were seven of us, I think. But then the, all the emotions yesterday, because we were down zero two, and then, you know, ended up winning at the in the last thirty seconds of the game. But it was, 
we were so like relieved and happy all of a sudden, <laughs> and then we had adrenaline rush. And of course. And then we went up to the Dog and Fox, which, which is like a popular which, pub which up been, here. Yes. <laughs> Hardly ever do they play the national anthem in Belgium, huh. but there they did. And some of the kids, the little kids, were dressed up, and they, and Brian, my husband, is there, and they, you know, started playing the national anthem, and he was like, "Is nobody getting up?" Like everybody stayed in their seat and listened, mm -hmm. like was quiet. But it, like in America, it's such a, it's a different. There's a different vibe, you know, yeah. a different, yeah. Like I get goosebumps when I hear the American. Do you? Yeah. Because or you in know. The, I mean, especially also when I when I've been at the U.S. Open and and also they play the the American. Then the national anthem. I get, I get goosebumps like mm -hmm. before my match. I'm like, whoh, like it's it's because you, you feel how how important it is. Yeah. Yeah. And in Belgium, we don't we don't have it. That's like I can't that. tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know. Especially at the U.S. Open, where you feel like the stadium. I mean, let's say like well, you've when also you won a fuck ton of U.S. Opens. Yeah, but but it's the loudest you. Grand Slam too. Like it's yeah. hard to to quiet a New York crowd at the U.S. Open, and and then all of a sudden it goes from like always like a buzz and like like mm -hmm. you know you Background always chatter. hear like whatever potato chip something glasses clinging like there's always noise yeah but then when you yeah the national anthem and everybody gets up and looks you know at the flag and and it's a different it's it's very i don't know like the energy changes within a second it must be on the court at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yeah, very unique as a player yeah. to hear silence. Yeah, and it's you know usually like before a final, like it's it's it was at night as well, and mm -hmm. you know so the whole moment is a, is yeah it's a that's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Is yeah, the, is the Olympics like that? Um, different. I mean, for me as a Belgian, I mean, I enjoyed playing the Olympics, but again, you it you don't have that same yeah. I don't know. Feeling of patriotism. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's a Belgian thing? or is that I just, think so. Yeah. No, I think it's a Belgian thing. Yeah. I think we're very, um, uh, I'm not saying individual, but like also like with our feet on the ground kind of, yeah. like like uh, clear-minded, like we don't. You don't get swept up in emotional No, not a lot like, like that. that. No, yeah. no, no. Well, that was what was so always, always so interesting to me about Justine because in America, a lot of us sort of like thought of her as French, just because yeah. obviously she's yeah. French speaking and she's yeah. from the French part yeah. of the country. And you have been adopted, and it's partly maybe because you married an American, but you've been adopted by these English speaking countries because yeah. you feel maybe more like us. Yeah, I do. And and I remember when I was a little girl, or you know, when I was eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, going to the states for the first time. To me, it was like like literally a dream come true. Like whatever, like watching TV shows to music to the the convenience of of going to you know I come from a small small town in in Brie and a small city and a small town near near that city. Yeah. And I I I admired you know I watched tennis on TV. I saw shows and but then when I was actually in the states and I was able to experience it you know without my parents it was like a my my own adventure you cool. know and yeah it was really cool and i enjoyed you know we don't have morning tv shows or or you know yeah late night show whatever you i you think uh, if i may be so bold i think you're an extrovert and you felt ener like you feel energized by that by the expansiveness by the big possibilities is that i fair? thought yeah is that a good statement yeah yeah statement maybe but i also enjoyed 
what I loved seeing was how open people were able to talk about whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, like I, I like I loved it. Yeah, I loved seeing people. Was like in Belgium, it's not, not very. We're a very sarcastic, very sarcastic crowd. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, like a, like a, our uh-huh. our humor is so sarcasm. Can and, you uh, always tell what somebody means, what they say, or says what they mean, or is it always sort of questionable? I mean, you know, I'm sure you can tell. Yeah, there's people who you know, I have friends who you know, I know there who are, have a very sarcastic sense of humor. Sure. Um, but it's always yeah, I don't know. It's a different type of it's different than the states. I'm I'm to me not one is better than the others, but I feel more. A big, I'll give you an example. For me, like, when I go running in the States in the morning, when the sun comes up, it can be 6 a.m., whatever, 5.30, I go running. Out of the, let's say, 30 people you cross, 25 of them will say good morning, which in the States is like a normal thing. Mm -hmm. That really surprised me in the beginning. Because in Belgium, it's not like that. It's more to their own, like mm. like like yeah. they don't like the yeah like yeah I don't know to go into somebody else's space right. or you know and and it's not on purpose it's not like they're trying to be mean no it's just different and well the Australians are very much the same way no yeah 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 so you find more common ground I like, like that yeah I like because I like to by just a simple little hello or whatever you know can yeah. can yeah yeah it makes somebody can. Give yeah. you a little spark. It like, gives you energy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, and maybe that's what is that what it feels like when you're at the academy? Like when you're around all these other people, they're playing. You know, was it yeah. was that a natural thing for you to do? It. I wanted to give back. Yeah. I wanted to give back from sports where I, you know, that that has given me so much. I, your family, so much. I mean, yeah. this has been the definition yeah. of your but life. But it's also it can also be draining. I'm sure because it's it's also a business in a way, and and people which I'm not good at, but people always. It's you only hear a lot of times you only hear the complaints, mm-hmm. you know, when this person or th- this like or they want something, I, from yeah, you. they want something, from yeah. You. So it's transactional. It's, it's you have to find a good balance between. And I have you know my coach, who was my longest coach, Carl. He's he's the director of my academy, so mm-hmm. he he's kind of the filter. Um, you know, he gets everything, and then we talk and have meetings, and he filters kind of what what I need to know and not and. But do you so get energy from it? Like, are you sort of like, is it something in your I life do. that you feel like? I oh, do. Okay, there's, I mean, there's moments where where it drains energy, of course, as well. But but overall, it, it yeah, I get energy from it. Yeah. Aussie Kim, how did that come about? A. B. Uh, tell people that didn't see the speech and and, d- oh, and did you ever okay. think about that before you actually? No, I don't that think just about my speech at all because it, it's bad no, luck. No, no, I'm just saying it's my superstitiousness. I don't think. Uh, anyway, I was named Aussie Kim because my first boyfriend was an Australian tennis player, Dave Leighton Stewart. Um, and <laughs> hey, well, well, hold on a second, time out. Not only was it her first boyfriend, but she was engaged to him. And second of all, I still have somewhere in the archives <laughs> of my world an invitation to, to the, the wedding. wedding. I know. And it was from Kim, not cl- not from Leighton, which is even funnier. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere, somewhere. The Just Belgian invited you to your wedding, not the Aussie? The Belgian invited me, not the not In the Adelaide. Aussie. Yeah, in Adelaide. <laughs> were you married in Adelaide? Yeah. Wow. So anyway, that didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. But? Even when I was with Leighton, I always felt, 
you know, I, I traveled to a lot of the Davis Cup ties and I would sit with the fanatics and I would know them and I would, I would, I love that you energy that people, no, that, yeah, the openness, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, that, that lifestyle, the, the, the culture, you know, yeah. so anyway, so years went on and we, I did, we, I didn't get married to him, but then I would still, when I would go back to the Australian Open, people would still call me Aussie Kim. In the paper. And in the it paper. It was Aussie Kim Like wins. in interviews, like, and people on the street, like, ah, oh, good day, Aussie Kim. Like, they would kind of, I'm like, hi. <laughs> anyway, there's actually still people nowadays that ask Brian, oh, yeah, where are you from in Australia? I'm like, no, that was the, the that one was before. That was the shorter one. That was the shorter guy. Yeah. So he's like, oh, here we go. Here <laughs> we go. Um, so then, well, I asked her earlier if Australia had offered her citizenship. I would have given it to her. I, that's what I said. I, said we, I'm sure. I tried to recruit her for Fed Cup, but she, you know, she she, she wouldn't give a Belgium to anyway. So go on. So you win the. So you feel the pressure in Australia a little bit. Did you feel a little bit of the pressure to win there? If I wanted to win another, I, I felt pressure to win another Grand Slam besides my three my U.S. Opens. Yeah. Your first when you win your first one. You're so happy and you feel like, sure. oh, a relief. Yeah. But then you're like, I need to win another one because I don't want to be the person that has only won one. Grand <laughs> no, seriously. Oh, and think about all the people that never won one. Poor no, man. but that's how yeah, you I keep know. like... Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. You don't want it to see, seem like a fluke. The you Australian know. Open was one where, of course, you know, if you can win Wimbledon, that's also great, you know. But the Australian Open, to me, for my game, I felt like I was more comfortable on another hard court, which was, you know, in Melbourne. And... Um, so yeah, I got closer to the. And you felt the, the love moment. of the people. I, I felt the love. I mean, every, everyone on board, like outside, even you know, and 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 then I won, and I actually chipped my tooth really badly just what? before. I remember this. The night before my, Doing or the day before what? my. When I played, I was a little bit like autistic, like with my. <laughs> and Let's I, say OCD. Yeah, maybe. Little. I had, you know, these You're habits, like Rafa. and yeah. Yeah, I had habits that only I did, you know. They, and I always traveled with this, it's like a pen from metal, and it's, don't laugh. I'm not, um, I am. Yeah. <laughs> but it re-vibes or re like produces the energy in the water. So I always swirl, oh, okay. like 10 things. So I would do that in bottled water. like. But then it fell in... The pen fell in the water, oh, no. so I'm trying to get it out by drink. I can't reach it with my fingers, so I try to like drink it, and the metal pen like like <laughs> that and it hits tooth. my tooth and it chips my whole front tooth. <laughs> this is the night before the, the, the day final? before the final. Uh, be, no, no, before the tournament, tournament. starts. Yeah, I thought it was before the so tournament. I'm like I'm called the, the the physios from the WTA. I'm like. I need to see a dentist. I can't go on court like this. Was it obvious? They're like, like Dumb and Dumber, you know, the scene Dumb and Dumber. I'm like, I can't go on court like this. So I get this guy who was a, a fan, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, more than happy to help. So Wait, I, a fan I, dentist? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a dentist who happens to be a fan. Yeah, he's like, yeah but a fan yeah, dentist. He's like, I would love to, you know, fix your tooth. Was he, like, then. getting autographs, and he was like, by the way, Yeah, we had some pictures, and, okay. and no, 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 no. I called, like, the WTA called him, and, and uh, you know. It maybe, wasn't like maybe he was trying to be nice and saying that he was a fan, but he helped out. You get your you tooth get my fixed. tooth fixed, happy. You know, I, I win my the next day and get to the final. And the, the thing was, I actually told him that I'll I'm going I'll say something about you if I win, you know. Or he's mentioned something like, like that was oh, his payment. Just give me a shout out. Like he didn't want me to pay him, and he said just give me a shout out when you win. I'm like deal. 
of course, like, if yeah. I win, great, I'll yeah. say whatever you want to hear. <laughs> so, other we, than yes, I'll marry you. Yeah, 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 right. Although, who knows? So, so, when I was standing there and I get the, the microphone handed over to me, I'm thinking, oh my God, I have to thank my, the dentist. And actually, I forgot his last name. Yeah, I know. Like, so I said, that's the first, I wanted to get it over and done with, because, I mean, it must have sound like, pretty ridiculous you know I'm sure it sounded stage. amazing no, it's <laughs> yeah, great. Anyway, so I great. did that and yeah and well, then at and the then end I was like okay now I feel like you know I told him I said now I really feel like you guys can call me Ozzy Kim because you know I was holding the trophy and the Daphne Ackhurst yeah cup. it was and a beautiful story I it was remember a great that speech. part we will find a speech and I will put it in the audio, if that's okay. Because now you've shouted out this dentist. It was a great speech. Um, thankfully, uh, you know, and you beat Lena, who, of course, ended up being sort of like the, the next heir apparent to the yeah. Australian public wanting to win. Because I really feel too. like, yeah. you know, the Australian public in particular, well, I think everywhere, but Australia really uh, gravitates to people that have that personality that's fun and yeah. easygoing. And Lena, obviously, we all know, had those post-match interviews of giving Dennis her husband hell and so they sort of once you had won then that's like then she ended up winning a couple of years later and everyone really pushed her to win but when Kim won there was there was a lot of very happy people and I was courtside for the match for Channel 7 and Kim I remember watching looking at you sometimes yeah like when you were sitting right in front of me literally <laughs> I was I'm during the match like I see her you know doing her thing I'm courtside and I look at her like and she's like like, did <laughs> you feel like, like she it. was sending yeah, you a yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be biased, obviously, no, because no. I'm friends with everyone, but Kim and I go back a long way, yeah, and yeah. so there were times that she would... I mean, literally, we are exactly across from each yeah. other on the court, just, and there were times that she would look at me, and I'd sort of just look at her like... Almost like her mum, like, you're okay, you're doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> keep going, keep mm-hmm, going, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, any player... I've done it with a lot of players, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. literally where my seat is is directly opposite... And uh, I remember that night, and I remember thinking when she won, and I got to interview her after the match, the first person yeah. to interview her. And, yeah, they're great moments that you share with really... We're a travelling circus, and Kim is definitely one of those people you love to, to see win. Well, I was telling her, I feel like that's why so many countries have adopted her. Because Americans consider her one of our own. And well, maybe she, it's, it's different in America than, than, in than, than in Australia, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, I think we just took such a love to Kim immediately and vice versa. Her. Yeah. I us. also think I talked about the, the sarcasm, that humour, that yeah. Australians have that too, Yeah, you know? So it's like similar. Americans don't have the same humour as Australians. Not, not at all. Because you all. can literally say, I went to an event recently and I walked by a, woman, a girl <laughs> and it was outside. I've told you this story, yeah. Kate. And it was sunny and it was beautiful and I was with my Aussie friend. Joe and I said, "Oh, really? You know, average day today, right? <laughs> Meaning it's an amazing day, yeah, isn't it? it yeah. Right?" And she goes, "Well, actually, it's not bad." And I was like, "Oh my God, she did not get my humor. <laughs> There's no, no they, that's Kim would get it if I said oh, it's an yeah, average course, day today. Yeah. She goes, "Yeah, really crap, isn't it?" But you know, it's a different. Americans don't take the piss. That's right. And you guys they can't we handle take, it. We can't yeah. handle the piss. That's the thing. Well, can't handle <laughs> the piss. Well, the alcohol is a different story. <laughs> no, I don't think with my, my husband and I like I give I tease him so much like all the time and all the time get... and he's like are you serious yeah are you serious I'm like don't get all sensitive on me now like I'm only joking <laughs> what are the kids which, which kids have your personality and his personality Jada is my personality wants to tease and, and all the time like drops yeah. from your tree Jack is sensitive 
sensitive. We'll mm-hmm. we'll have the big like elephant tears if I even oh. make oh. like make him like want to tease him a little yeah. bit. It's like, it starts and the lip goes down, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like our mommy's only joking, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, toughen up. <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, toughen up. What sports are they gonna play? Jaded basketball for sure. Did you tell me that we're supposed to play uh, Ladies Invitational here at Wimbledon and it, you just told me you have a thumb injury yes. due to playing basketball. But it, I think it's getting better. We talked about Don't expect me to take on any ground strokes over you. What side would you like to play on, forehand or backhand? Um, well, clearly, Kim, I know your backhand is like as good as any backhand we've ever seen in the history of the game, but I'm pretty sure that your forehand is... 50 billion times better than my forehand. <laughs> so I think it's best I play the backhand side. Okay. Because I know that I can still hit a late forehand, but to hit an early forehand might be a little difficult for me. So let's let me play in the backhand. Really? Okay, fine. fine. You know what? Whatever you we'll want to no, whatever you want to play on, you we'll play on. We'll figure it out. The only thing I have just have to see with my thumb if I can hit a proper forehand. Well, I have to figure out if my neck Wait, we're second, just a disaster. Let me ask you a question because I know Lee Nas is actually playing Legends. I can't. Yes. Wait. Does that seem because she's so recently retired? I walked over to this... Wait a second, you have to... Wait a second. You just asked if Lena is... It's okay for her to play. Martina Hingis was playing when she was like 27 in the Ladies Invitational and then came back like two years later and won Wimbledon doubles again. So there's no criteria really here at all. No, everybody's really good. I watched the shit out of the Ladies Legends at the French Open. I watched... Navratilova play with Marion Bartoli. Marion Bartoli was hitting like 150 mile an hour two-handed forehands at Arantxa Sanchez is in the face. It was intense. Yeah. Well, I play, we played him the day before. And? Some are Bartley a little... was... A little, I like, yeah. Some are a little more intense than others. It was... It, watching the Nebraska of Sometimes it's hard. I find it hard in Legends to find... Like, you have to find the balance between... Fun. Yeah, fun. Because there's there's a different generation, too, of players who don't hit hard at all. You know, I still feel like if I, you know, kind of put my body weight into the ball... <laughs> I can create some like pace, you know, and and I've yeah. You have to find a balance there. And Kim can hit a hundred mile an hour winner at any time, anywhere, any place she wants. But what's the point? You want right. to have a bit of fun, although it does get a little bit too competitive. I could also come in and hit a volley at someone's face if I really wanted yeah, to. Yeah, but you yeah. know, I don't really. No, want that's to the do thing. That. But I also don't have. I think that natural talent of kind of, you know. Really? Goof around and like oh. make it look like oh we're playing like the men do, you know? They, yeah. they do these tricks and which is why she leaves that to me because that's all I've got now. It's tweeners. <laughs> exactly. So I do have to. No look. Like if I look uh, like I'm not putting the effort in, or or don't move like let my arm go through, swing it through the through the ball, then I actually don't. I don't know. Did you guys request each other? How do you get paired up? No, we don't request each other. I mean, why would I? She request used to Kim? request playing with me when, <laughs> when we were on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we'd played together one time. Yeah, it would have been so good because we would have been great together. Although, you know, I can honestly say that I never lost to Kim. That's true. Because you never played her. But she I was never so played. annoying to play against. <laughs> I've also never lost to Kim. I've never <laughs> ever lost to Kim, but I never played her in singles. <laughs> true. But in doubles, she did. hated playing me in doubles, but I loved playing Kim. We had good fun together. Yeah. We had I fun mean, matches I, against I, one another. Yeah. Actually, I, I didn't hate playing against you. It's like just, it was hard, you know? She was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. I played Kim, actually, in my very first Wimbledon uh, final here that I won. was against Kim, but she was a baby. She was, what were you, 17, 18? 17. Who were you playing with? I, Sugiyama. I, Sugiyama. Yeah, so Sugiyama and Kim and was uh, me and Lisa Raymond. And, yeah, so Kim was a baby then. Yeah. Do I played remember? against Kim I and Leighton in mixed. Mixed doubles. And you I, and Leighton played Was that here? 
French Open. Ah, French Open. That was our first mixed doubles that we played. Me together. and Todd, I believe, played you and Leighton. Or was it Daniel Nesta? I don't remember. I My know. first mixed doubles match, I had no idea what to expect. So Leighton and I were like, you know, we're in love and we wanted to, we wanted to play mixed doubles together. And the first game... He tries to lob, I think it was a Danish guy, or I don't remember who it was, or some Scandinavian player. Some dude that was big. Yeah, and he lobs, but he lobs too short, and the guy hits, smashes straight at me. Like, it hits my stomach, <gasps> like, straight, full out. Like, what? And I'm like, ugh. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, uh, so we're I guess, done. Uh, so I guess the guys go, because I was wondering, like, do the guys, you know, go full out, and... So that was my answer right there. You got pegged in the stomach immediately with a shitty lob by your boyfriend. No, yeah. And that was the end of yeah. the relationship. No, no, no. That was just the start. <laughs> <laughs> but was it weird playing with somebody you were in love with? No, it was, fun. Oh, it was fun. It was so much fun. I think it's weird that you guys could play together too. No, not me. No. I didn't play with Kim. We weren't in love. I love her, but we're not. Yeah, in love. I love you. No, too. but you both have played with your significant others on yes. the professional tennis court. I, I thought it was fun. Did you ever... I always laughed. Did I you was... enjoy, like, looking down the other end thinking that Lisa and I would be fighting or something? <laughs> I mean, there were times where I was like, oh, poor Lisa. <laughs> Rude. That's our promo cut right there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There was one match, Kim Kleisters, that you could take back and mm-hmm. play again. Which one? Svonareva, 2011 quarterfinal, I think, here at Wimbledon. Yep. I was up a set and just kind of lost my... And I felt, I think, I'm not, real, I'm not good at remembering draws and, and stuff like that, but... Um, I think Pironkova would be the next. Pironkova, yeah. I think she beat Venus or something yeah. in the quarters, and and that was obviously the match before our match, and so it was kind of like uh, playing Pironkova in the semifinal yeah. at Wimbledon, and you know it was like a good, a good draw, I it guess, draw. you know, and and to Swanareva, I just yeah kind of stopped playing, you know. So that's a match that I wished a few times already that I could do, play that over again. Because theoretically you would have been in the finals, which you've never played. Maybe you still have to play them, but there was a, a big semi. chance at Wimbledon. I've I've lost my semifinals here. I think to Venus and to Lindsay, mm-hmm. my my two semifinals. So they were too good. Yeah, too good. Yeah. They played too good. I mean, yeah. I, I I mean Venus and Lindsay are two of the greatest. Yeah, Wimbledon. yeah, 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 yeah. great yeah. players on grass. Yeah. So that's so, the one. 
that you those would want were the, yeah that's the one where i feel like and the other ones i mean i've lost grand slam finals you know the one against jennifer capriati and at the french, at the french open. open but eight, i eight six in the third but i was too young to win yeah i know like without a doubt i was too young to win and to kind of be ready for that when you say you were too young to win what does that mean like your where is your mind when you're 10 years older than how old yeah why is that different for you and not for hingis or serena or steffi because of the impact of how your life changes it already changed big time but i wasn't ready to take on that pressure yet is that what changed when you had a kid because your perspective changed i was able to just focus on tennis when when yeah and not all the other stuff the other stuff wasn't important anymore you know i when i was younger i i who i i felt overwhelmed by the when attention i the attention still i i still do um but i was overwhelmed by the 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 the, the money or expectation or the expectations or yeah all yeah stuff. that's not why i i didn't sign up for that when i you signed up to have fun and play a sport. And to play tennis and to go all out and to work. You know, that, like, my passion is still, I still feel as much passion for tennis as I did when I was younger. If I can go, if we go play, it's it's my playground. Like, it's my, tennis was my psychologist. It was my fun. It was my, like, still passion, you know, and, and yeah, it's. But and so it changed. When you felt like Grand Slam is going to change my it's going to change my joy to being a job, work, expectation. Is that why? Yeah, all, because all the other stuff that gets added onto your schedule that has nothing to do with tennis anymore, I wasn't ready for. It's not like I was not for the tennis part of it, but it was all the other stuff, the responsibilities, mm-hmm. the attention. Appearances. You know, appearances, like Media, all that yeah. stuff. Like I, I. So do you understand when somebody wins one Grand Slam and then struggles for a year or two, like yeah. we've seen? Yeah. You understand why. Of course. And yeah. how difficult is it? Because that? it's a process. I, I honestly, as as painful as it was to lose my Grand Slam finals, the one against Jennifer wasn't as painful because it was still a great result. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a young girl. Mm-hmm. I, I played some of my best tennis, and it was huge. I, and Jennifer was a superstar. Yeah. But then my next match is when I lost to, to Justine in, the, in mm-hmm. the, whatever, I think the three next finals. Devastating. Devastating. They hurt, but... What hurt the most was that I was overwhelmed already before the match. I didn't know how to handle the situation. Uh, playing another Belgian, um, playing in a Grand Slam final. It's all those little things together because I, I, I played Justine many times before, mm-hmm. you know, in, mm-hmm. and beaten her in, in third semifinals of the French Open, which was also a big occasion, but mm-hmm. I was still capable of, of sh- play, playing some of my best tennis, just not in the match. Like The, the thought of winning a Grand Slam to me was too overwhelming mm. because it was like as a little girl I, I it, yeah you don't you don't realize winning a slam is one thing but everything that comes along with it you are not taught how to deal with yeah do you talk to any players that you know on the tour the last couple of years that have had that expectation have you had a chat have they ever asked you how did you handle this Kim I've had a few players actually who can you say been, who or are you yeah no it? like no that's fine I mean Simona Halep mm-hmm. you know a situation Caroline Wozniacki, mm-hmm. um, you know. They how how to handle after or before those Both. conversations? So you've had you've had conversations with Wozniacki and Halep about how to win a slam and then how to deal with it after it. 
more more afterwards i think you know when when simona lost the french open last year you know so when you get so close and and you see the reason why they lost mm. although she was the much better player mm-hmm. you know she just kind of froze and her arm got tight and and i could relate to that so clearly mm-hmm. but then yeah you just you have to try and just stick to what you're doing because everything that you're doing is working well you know you're mm-hmm. getting to the finals you're you're she was number one in the world she she's fit she she can do anything she wants but you just have to try and get yourself in that position again because you can't practice on Being that moment yeah. you know you can't practice for that so you have to try and get yourself into a position again where you're capable of doing a couple things having, having a chance i remember yeah. because i talked to you about this with carolina pliskova in singapore yeah and i said i grabbed kim i literally grabbed kim and i said kim tell carolina something you know and she said That is exact words. Yeah. She said, you know what? Sometimes you just have to keep putting yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. And Halep yeah. is a perfect example, as is Wozniacki, as was you. I mean, it's, it's rare, you know, what happened to, to Ostapenko last year at the French Open. That's, that's not normal. No, not normal, but it's rare that you win your first Grand Slam. And I had people tell me, like, oh, I took even Lendl five, yeah. I think. Well, look you at know? Andy Murray, same thing. Yeah, so... It, it happens, and I really believe that if I, just within myself, if, if I look at the process that I made as a tennis player, but also as a human being, mm-hmm. it, this, it had to happen like this, and I wouldn't change it for anything. Like, it had to happen, I had to lose those matches for me to win in 05, in 09, like, yeah. like it's, because they all helped to get you to that point, yes, it, they all helped. When you say that you had conversations with, you know, obviously Pliskova, that's because Renee thrust her at you and said, Kim said she's really smart. Was the answer? No, but we talk about it sometimes. Yeah, we you could talk. see that her, you know, body language got yeah. down or nervous Well, or my thing hesitant. is, why wouldn't you talk? Of course. Mm. Why, and this is why I believe, and I said this on the podcast with Todd, you will see, hopefully, more women start to bring the Kim Pices, the Justine Annan, who, you know, Svitolina brought in last mm-hmm. couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, look at look at, look at at Muguruza with Conchita last year. Yeah. Yeah. There's nobody that can Maresmo. substitute. Yeah. Maresmo. You, there's no one that can you can substitute with somebody who's been there yeah. and done it and knows And a female. Feels. And yeah. a female. Because so they are different. And a female. Like, yeah. We aren't, like, yeah. There's not enough of us. There's not a lot of female coaches. No. Even in our in academy, I try, you know, I... I But I Why? get because the family life becomes so yeah. There's there's a tough juggling, and tennis too. Like you have to, if you want to become a coach, you have to travel. You have to be away a little bit. And and I mean even for me, I've had great offers from players, you know, who wanted to work and who thought that maybe I had you know could have a a positive impact or, or change something in their career. And and but you have to be able to travel a certain amount of weeks and and. Especially with me, you know, with the, with the the last two, you know, kids, I I, I couldn't do that yeah. yet. And and although there's a part of me that really wanted to do it and take on that challenge because I love the challenge of, yeah, being able to help somebody to try and achieve a goal. And and are they absorbing it? Do they do they? Take they do. It I, yeah, I really think they do. They think. Yeah, this is a human being. Who's yeah, done because this. I don't. I really talk out of my experience because I really felt. It w- to me, it was very clear mm-hmm. how it you know how yeah. it happened and so if i just explain how it went for me then it's up to them what they do with it but of i course. think some there's some parts that will stick you know into their well, into also, their head that when they get to a certain situation there's 
they and and Simona told me after the like after the match at the French, she was like, like she thought about you. I didn't want this. I didn't want to go fourth. You know, four matches like like you. Yeah, yeah. You loser. Like, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, there's nice. little things like yeah, yeah but, but that's really nice. Yeah, but that's it's great, you yeah. know, and and because in our sport too, like it's it's so individual. Yeah, you know, and and players don't really want to give anything away, and they're not while I'm not they're still jealous. Playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. while they're still playing and and jealous and I felt like I had moments I mean with you like we were playing but you would help and give advice and you know like all the time there was stuff like that and that's what I like like there's players mm-hmm. who were literally open to do that and then mm-hmm. you have the other ones who who don't trust anybody who don't want to take or think you're lying you know like there's yeah, yeah, always yeah. the different personalities but yeah. I'd corner her and tell her listen no yeah. I'm just kidding <laughs> no but I mean I've been coached by Renee she can't help herself she's like you're backhand no, but, da, da, da. Yeah, but, but I, but I but think passion i think it's about passion yeah. and i think what i was trying to say earlier by complimenting you as an athletic player or joyous player is you're playing for the sport of it and if you're playing for the real sport of it because you want the best possible tennis to be happening then you can be generous i yeah. can honestly say you can be that generous i've with never somebody. played for money yeah i believe you i've never played can, for money you can tell because that watching if you. i if i even felt like the pressure of oh if i win this match i can become number well, one well hold on hold on hold on because I remember having a conversation with you at the Australian Open a couple of years ago when you played your last one, I think it was, and you said, "Oh, Stubbsy, mate, I've got to make the semi, I've got to make the quarters just to break even yeah. with the group that I've that, got that, with that me." That was because I was playing with a lot of, traveling with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was, was never different. my fire, you I know. Yeah. Like, but but a lot of players don't have the the choice yeah. to to play for money because it's it's their income. Like they yeah. have to juggle and make the the pieces of the puzzle fall into place like mm-hmm. that if if it to me if it had to get to that I don't know if I could do it to me I still feel like when I go practice now it feels the same as when I was eight years old practicing and going all out and running for a ball that's two meters out and trying to get to it like I still do that yeah. my body can't handle it now <laughs> yeah. I'll have injuries but it's that's it's how true. my mind is if I By the way, now know. I don't warm up I will still hit my first smash as hard as I can yeah but Steffi's the same Steffi was your idol. Yeah, she was. Is. Yeah. 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 I mean, on your wall. I, yeah, I used to. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Not yeah. anymore. She's taken. And it I down. had Pat Rafter. <laughs> oh well. <there> <laughs> why, why didn't you become a servant volleyer then? <laughs> you I remember the Steffi? I, I tried to serve like him a lot of times. Yeah. In my, you know, when I practiced <laughs> and we were playing around, and so we are at Wimbledon. One of the most watched videos of all time at Wimbledon has been the <laughs> fact that Kim Kleisters brought someone down from the public that uh, Chris Quinn was his name. He was a bit large at the time. He's now lost weight. He has. He's, he's working out. He looks awesome. Mm-hmm. But Kim brought him down onto the court and put a white skirt on him and my white top on him and served to him. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it on YouTube, just YouTube Kim Kleister's man in skirt. Yeah. Did he return your serve? And, and yeah. the joke was that the crowd kept telling Kim where to surf and, and hit an ace. And she's so bloody good still. She literally hit two aces. And then they, they, they asked a, me, they asked me, they would tell me, where hit to an surf. ace. First it started, hit an ace. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I hit an ace. I was like, huh, oh, lucky well, me. Didn't know I could <laughs> like, do that. This game, this worked out perfect. <laughs> so then I, I look at the person again and I'm like, where should I serve? And he was like, what? And I said, where should I serve? And then all of a sudden this one guy yells out, just surf to her body. And I'm like, and Conchita hmm. Martinez looks like, what uh, does that mean? Like, what do you mean with impossible that? Impossible like, to serve an ace to the body. It's yeah, going to hit me. It's yeah. going to hit you. No. So, so, 
you so yell. I was like, like, excuse me? Like, do your body? Let me surf to your body. Yeah. Like this, because it was a bigger target. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, come on, you know? And I was like, and I just went along, and I don't know. And then I realized I'm standing there, and I see that he's in, like, a blue shorts, like, compl- against every Wimbledon rule, you know? And I'm like, ah. Oh. And I usually have, like, a spare skirt, skirt or, or whatever. Uh, yeah. She's the only legend that actually brings extra clothes, but anyway. I was, yeah, no, I, I can't say I'm the only mother, maybe. Yeah. And there's some problems happening on the court or something. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that alone. Anyway. So um, she runs to a bag. So I run to my bag and I have this skirt. And I go over to him and try to put it on him. And I couldn't get it over his knees. No, you said it was like putting it on, you know, my five-year-old. I just, you <laughs> yeah, know, wrinkled he, it up, put it over his ankles and thought that's going to be it. But, but God it, love him, he pulled it all the way up. Yeah, I couldn't get it over it. And, unless I was, like, <laughs> ripping yeah. it. But he did. <laughs> Ripped it and put <laughs> my shirt on, which was even smaller. Yeah, uh-huh. and like then a, like a, so he looked like a stuffed sausage. He did look he like did a very stu- so. stuffed sausage, <laughs> and he got the serve back in the court, and it was hilarious. And Kim was in tears serving to this guy, <laughs> oh my God. and it was on Jimmy Kimmel. It was on Sports Center, and ESPN in the states. It went everywhere and viral. So if you haven't seen it, everybody out there, you've got to look at it. And the greatest line from the commentator who was doing the match says, "Yes, that's a man." In a skirt, trying to return Kim Kleiss's serve at, at Wimbledon. Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Drunkest you ever got after winning? <gasps> yep. <laughs> you know the answer. Come on. Why are you asking was me? Was it with <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. It was after my last USO. No. No, my 2010 win. Um, were you working for the Tennis Channel? ESPN? Uh, yep. What was it? I, I was remember. I was working for Tennis Channel. At tennis the time. Channel. You were working. Yeah. And it was my last match. Match. Last Grand Slam. You were so good. No, but I won. No, well you came. Or did up. I retire? You'd retired. That was your so last. Was, so last I lost match actually match. in the second round. Ra- yeah. No, you no. lost in mixed doubles. Yeah. I believe. No. It was after I won. What we're trying in to say is that Kim got drunk a lot. It's <laughs> not true at all. I, that's why after I was drunk because it was after two or three glasses of champagne in your TV compound booth mm. wherever we were. So their feet and they're like cheers and I'm like yes and it was I was happy. I, I think it was after my win, 2010. I think it was that time in particular. Let yeah. me let me tell anyway. the story here because you were obviously too drunk. Yeah. That wasn't the drunkest after a win. That was after you retired. It was Tracy Austin and me. And uh, I think it might have been Brett Haber from Tennis yes, Channel. Yes, it was. And we kept supplying you with champagne. And you kept drinking it, but you hadn't eaten. Oh, boy. And so yeah. you got very drunk. But after you won a slam, do you remember any of those? No. Being? I never... That's a weird thing about a Grand Slam. You're tired. You're tired. As a kid, I pictured or tried to put myself... Or visualized how awesome it felt to win a Grand Slam. And it's it's... The happiest moment for me when you win is actually when you're able to go see your coach, your team, your family, your people who are there with you because those are the people who helped you get to that point. Like you, you trained the hardest, you had, you know, whatever, tough situations, you went through it and, and you're happy when you win. But that's like, that lasts a minute, two yeah. minutes maybe. You know, you're still proud, but then that, that first feeling is kind of gone. But then when you're able to go to your your box mm-hmm. and see your mm-hmm. family and everybody, that's that's when it becomes the most emotional. 
and then once that's over with you start doing media and then you know you go to your hotel room and you sit there and my first US Open I remember I was by myself in my hotel room Brian was in Belgium and my dad was in Belgium and and I sat in my hotel room and we were leaving the next day we were flying back to Belgium so I'm sitting on the floor I had all I'm a mess in my room is a mess I'm <laughs> not very organized <laughs> so I have like all my clothes there and I'm like my dirty laundry bag and I'm like trying to like figure out how am I going to pack you know and I'm literally sitting in between all these piles of clothes and I'm Grand trying to, champion yes what do I pack and, first? and literally that's how I think I'm, I said look at me that's what I'm thinking I lean back and I'm like look at me this is this is like this, this is, it. is it like and then this I want is this it yeah exactly that literally that's how I thought <laughs> And I was like, and then you get so tired. Yeah. And then you're tired and you just hit the wall. Yeah. I, yeah. Can I tell you a little <laughs> added story to that? When I, it's nothing like winning singles, but when I won my first Australian Open and the doubles and the mix, they give you the trophy. Now they'll send it to you, right? Well, maybe they don't for the doubles. But they literally give you the trophy. And you remember the barley bags, you know, the, the yeah. mesh yeah. bags that are like, oh, you're overweight, you've yeah, got to yeah, put yeah, your bags in. Well, they gave me a couple of those for my trophies, mm -hmm. right? So here I am by myself. Drive to the Lisa had already gone to Japan to play the next tournament, right? So I was there by myself. <clears throat> Go to the airport with all my shit, okay, all my bags, and I've got my two trophies in the mesh bags from Bali, okay, <laughs> with my rackets. Mm -hmm. And I go into the airport, I sit down, I'm starving, I get a Big Mac from McDonald's. No, excuse me, I was at Burger King. Sitting at Burger King at the airport, flying to Tokyo for the next tournament because mm -hmm. we don't have any time to celebrate. No, no. And I'm sitting there by myself in Melbourne Airport, Isn't it having a Burger King yeah. with my two trophies next to me, going, This is, is it. This it. Is this it? This yeah. is it. Yeah. Okay, well, let me, tell, let, me, let me say something as the only person in this room who's never won a Grand Slam and never will that I am so happy for both of you guys, truly that you have what's way more important, which is that you didn't play for money, you didn't play for fame, you didn't play for trophies, you played because you fucking love it, because this lunatic lives three blocks away from me, and I'm so much worse than she is, even though I'm decent, and she still wants to play with me. Come on, hey, come on, let's go play in, in the morning. She passion. That's the only she thing. She bikes to my house. Honestly. She drags me to the court. You're playing, it's your playground. It's fucking awesome. It's I don't really play awesome. for it. Yeah. It's, it's, and you'll always I have love that. it. And you're always Because have that. of the moment, the first moment when I stepped on a tennis court. That's awesome. That's when it's... That's like the best yeah. thing I've ever heard. The number one word, honestly, for every kid out there, every parent, every coach, you have to have passion for anything. Not anything tennis, you do. Anything. Yeah. If you have passion for it, you will be, you will be great at it. And it doesn't matter what if it's a sport no. or if it's a business. If you have a passion for something, you will endeavor to find and the, to find a way. Find a way. To and be in this good at lifestyle, it. like through tennis, like I've met so many people who you know, you know, you learn a lot about people. You learn the different personalities and the people you kind of try to stay away from because you know <laughs> there's always something they want. You know, yeah. for them, like there's good people. There's really good people as well. And and and, but to me, like when I. When when I hear people talk about passion, even if it's about a subject that I know absolutely nothing about, but they can, you feel their passion come through. That's when I'm already yeah. like I'm. You, you lean got in. Got me. You you. Yep. Yeah. That's that's all I need. Like and we're getting tattoos. All right. Passion. Let's go. Let's we go. go. Before we go, a fashion report from London in a British accent. 
Greetings from London, your most beloved fashion contributor Andrea Petkovic reports for duty. A heat wave has not only confused the British inhabitants, but has also caused all seats to tumble out of style, so to speak. Thus, it is not a cup of tea then, but the choice of a glass of ice-cold water or a glass of my favourite, Pimps. Strawberries and cream and scone with jam will keep you company for this segment. White is in principle always on the schedule at Wimbledon from a much discussed collaboration between Adidas and the skateboard company Palace to flowing Nike dresses with holes in the back. You can find it all. The royal box is as traditional as one would assume and as is proposed in the formal dress code. The men wear three-piece suits and tie and the women flock their most beautiful cocktail dresses in pastel colors. Do you feel fresky? Wear a hat to a merely suggested blown out hair. But don't be mistaken, just a few tube stations north from SW19, the most avant-garde streetwear will catch your eye. Architectural avant-garde a la Comme de Garçon, plateau sneakers and minimum makeup make the London look. Fear no gender because boys look like girls and the girls look like boys. Though the occasional bird sighting is unavoidable, it seems that the tides have changed and what once was fair is now frowned upon. Grab a pint in your most beloved pub and beware because rumour on the street has it that it is coming home. I'm Petco and this was fashion. Football's coming home, is coming home, is coming, football's coming home, is coming home, is coming. And that's it for this episode of the Racket Magazine podcast. Thanks for listening. Our host is Renee Stubbs. Our co-host and producer is me, Caitlin Thompson. Music by internationally renowned DJ Stretch Armstrong. Thanks to Tim Ruggieri, Taylor Dalton, and the team at ACAST. Find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers.